Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, presented by Roast House Pub and Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Havoc Brew Supply, the one-stop shop for all of your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by two co-founders of Silly Yak Beer. Can you introduce yourself, gentlemen? Sure thing. I'm uh, Tommy Evans. I'm one of the co-founders of Celiac Beer. I'm uh, Ryan Hill, the other co-founder of Celiac Beer. And where is Celiac located? We are on the edge of Damascus uh, called Gaithersburg, but it's the agricultural reserve of Montgomery County, so uh, northern Montgomery County. It is it still within... So it's not it's in Gaithersburg, not in Damascus. It's not in the city of Gaithersburg. So okay. a, long, a while ago, they um, kind of made a bunch of pockets. They called Gaithersburg, and it's nowhere near the city. Um, I feel like Montgomery County, in general, is kind of a mess that way. <laughs> like especially like the anywhere adjacent through the like Rockville. Gaithersburg, Germantown. I feel like no one knows where they actually are. No, not at all. Like everything just kind of intertwines around each other it's, and nothing makes sense how it's laid out. It's weird. Um, is Damascus still dry? It's not dry no, anymore, uh, right? No, kind of. There's no stores that sell, um, but you can get at restaurants. Okay. Um, and there are stores right on the edge of Damascus um, that sell like uh, country stores and such. They probably did a killing before it they started allowing alcohol it's yeah the country stores are right on the edges all of them are just like giant bottle shops uh, mm-hmm. wine beer and like most of them have hot food to go as well i was when i first moved that i was forever ago when i first moved to maryland and i moved to germantown it was just dumbfounding to me that damascus was dry yeah i, I wasn't happy when i found out either i moved to damascus and i was not not a fan <laughs> <laughs> i have to drive how far yeah yeah um so let's just start with uh, first, where did the name Silly Yak come from? It's actually um, talking to some friends. Um, it just kind of came out. Um, looking into it as a somewhat common name for other gluten-free businesses, um, and it works out really well. Um, I did notice that when I, I Googled Silly Yak, there are a lot of like gluten-free bakeries named yes. Silly Yak. Is it like... Or, is there something about yaks and gluten or well, like celiac disease? So like oh. the celiac disease, you can't process gluten. You dumbass. Of course, that's why. <laughs> I'm slow. Sorry. It's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a pun. I'm an idiot. Um, all right, that makes so much more sense now. Because uh, yeah. so, for a while, like silly yak, like of course there's across the board weird name for breweries because like we're running out of yeah. things. Now that it's not weird anymore, it makes complete sense. Awesome. Uh, and it lended for a cool logo. Yeah, the, uh, the logo came out great. Yeah, we have an amazing designer. Um, he does all of our artwork. Um, got really lucky, found him. He actually has a lot of breweries in Virginia. Um, went touring some breweries out there, saw some great uh, work, and asked, who does your work? And it was, everyone's the same guy. So how did uh, Ciliac come to be? Um, uh, well, Ryan and I were uh, coaches. We had our son's play lacrosse are on the same team. Uh, I have a cidery as well. I started a while ago um, as and being naturally gluten-free. Uh, a lot of people didn't have beer in a long time, wanted to have beer. Um, Ryan's an amazing uh, brewer, home brewing for a long time, had a bunch of his beers and started joking around like, hey, we should do a brewery. And before you knew it, we, um, yeah, we had a brewery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So do, 
So I guess you have made cider. Did you? Were you in the home brewing also? Yes, yeah, so I worked at breweries um, commercially. I used to live in okay. New York, um, and then I moved. I moved here, um, started up a cidery of my own. Um, so I had some experience before with that. Um, yeah. Which breweries did you work at? Uh, it was a small one called Hashtag Freedom. They've uh, one of the only breweries that closed the year they closed. It was like uh, 200 somewhat opened and they closed, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but it was a, a wonderful place to work. The owner was a wonderful guy that really got me, um, stepped up my brewing games. I homebrewed a lot before that. Okay. Um, and uh, I learned quite a bit from them. What? Uh, how did you get into homebrewing? What, what was the first beer that you brewed? Uh, I brewed a pale ale. I was, uh, 21 and I liked craft beers and they were too expensive. So I was like, I'll, I'll just make some, it'll be great. Um, and then I went to a homebrew shop in Connecticut in the middle of nowhere. Uh, got some stuff, made a really bad pale ale that was like not tasting at all, which it tasted like. Um, <laughs> well, I know you're telling the truth then. All right. I, I uh, well, I mean, there's some people like the first time they homebrewed is with with friends or seasoned home brewers, that would make sense that their first homebrew tastes good. But anyone else, I don't believe them when they yeah. tell me how good it was. What about you, Ryan? How'd you? Uh, so my my wife actually got me a one of those Mr. Beer kits. Yes. So I have a theory that at least fifty percent of the breweries in America can trace their roots back to a Mr. Beer kit. Yeah. There are so many guests I've had that I wish I would have kept track of mm-hmm. that started with a Mr. Beer kit that their wives, girlfriends, fiancés yep. bought for them. She was at a loss for a, uh, I think it was my 20th birthday, so I wasn't quite 21 yet. But well, you waited to try it. Yeah, right? of course, yeah. absolutely. It <laughs> takes a really long time to make. Um, but yeah, so she got me one of those, and I tried to make a cream ale. And unlike Tommy, I was not into craft beer at all. I was all Miller Lite, Bud Light, drinking to drinking to drink. No Genesee. No, 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 no. <laughs> and uh, a little bit of Ham's Light, maybe some dad beers. <laughs> but uh, I so I tried to make a cream ale, not knowing what it was, and it came out absolutely awful because I was like, oh, cream, like uh, you like ice cream. So I, like, <laughs> I dumped half a bottle of vanilla extract in there. Just like, you know, it might oh, come out half a bottle. Oh, it was the worst thing you've ever Were tasted. Were you even able to swallow a sip of it? I got through all of it. Wow. I drank that's well, dedication. Me and, me and my college roommates because yeah. it worked. You it know, didn't it, taste good, but it worked. Yeah. It so, had the alcohol. Yeah. It, it, it was alcohol. It tasted like just pure vanilla. Straight I'm up assuming. vanilla extract. Like, yep. That is a whole lot of vanilla extract. Mm-hmm. It was it was embarrassingly bad. <laughs> yes, something that's measured in like half teaspoons, mm-hmm. typically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah, this looks right. Well, and it didn't help. We didn't have any pots and pans because we're doing it in a dormitory. Yeah. So I had, uh, I think I did the boil in three different skillets, and we just like divided it up among skillets and boiled it with water. It was it was the worst thing you've ever seen, but. It, it did get me the bug a little bit. And yeah. then within six months, I had dropped probably two or three grand on homebrew equipment. <laughs> that escalated it, quickly. Oh, it escalated so fast. <laughs> and I was like begging people for kegs. And I, I was kegging. I think I kegged my third batch of beer. So like it wasn't, I never did the like making a lot of bottles. I was. I did once. Yeah. And that, that was enough for me. I went and bought a keg. I couldn't stand it. I, I bottled corny, off some corny kegs. Yep. And so I was I was in four taps on a kegerator within within the year. 
making beer way more than I should have been. See, I quickly then decided that it was a lot easier just to let professionals make it, and then I stopped <laughs> and just let the professionals do it and drank theirs. <laughs> I think my my first positive review on one, my, my buddy was like, hey, you've been making beer for a little while now. Do you want to make the beer for my wedding? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he had 200 people at his wedding, so I, I brought six corny kegs of Hefeweizen nice. and it went over really well. And that's when I was like, Hey, maybe I'm good at this. And like started actually trying to, to make good beer, not just beer, beer. I did. Um, the, the guy that taught me how to homebrew him and I made a, uh, nugget nectar clone together mm-hmm. and we won second place at the great Frederick fair for go. it. Oh, Hey, and then I, Decide just to drink other people's <laughs> beer. <laughs> I'll get people to bring me beer on my radio show. Yeah, that that I mean that's the whole reason why three hundred and some episodes in mm-hmm. it was purely just so I didn't have to homebrew anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so how um how long ago did Celiac open? You haven't you haven't even made a year yet, right? We opened our tasting room this past November. Okay, um, yeah. so it's only been five five months, months that the tasting rooms been open. Yeah, I love when I. When I guess timeline correctly, because I have absolutely no concept of time anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got lucky too. We um, the licensing process takes so long, and so yeah. ours kind of went through kind of quickly. We didn't even expect to open until like January of this year. You're the first person ever in the history of this show to say you opened earlier than oh, really? you planned. We, yeah. We've been real lucky. We've had a lot of support um, from the Brewers Association. They're wonderful people. Um, but even like on the state and federal side, they've. We've, I've heard horror stories from everybody. Um, but I wonder, we, do you think it made it easier since you already had the cidery, or did that? I didn't mean it more complicated because then we had a. I really had to split oh, up like, the, bond. the production building. Like what parts go here, what yeah. parts go there. There's a lot more it went in, but because um, cider can cider be under a brewery license, or that has to be a winery. It depends on who. You, uh, on the state, it can be under a brewery oh, license, that's right. but it's federal, federal, it's a winery because it's fruit. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit of a pain. Yeah, um, that's right, because Maryland allows you to choose which license you want, but federally it always right. has to be one. And I was the first cidery to want to open under the farm brewer's license, and okay. they wouldn't let me do it because I didn't have a federal brewer's license. And so they're like, wait a minute. I was like, this whole legislation makes no sense. So like, well, we'll figure it out. But if you open now, you got to be a winery. So technically under the state, I'm a farm winery for the cidery. Um, even though people now can open up and do that, I was not able to. But I paved the way for everybody else, so you know. You're Congratulations! Welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is so um, so it's, it's on a farm. Yeah. How how large of a farm is it? Uh, forty five acres. So um, it's a pretty big farm. It it, it keeps me busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have um we have ten acres of corn that we use for our beer, um, and then we have roughly fifteen acres right now of different um mainly trees, uh, apple trees, mulberry trees, um, yep. Paw paw trees, fig trees, all sorts of random stuff. We're trying to make some new, interesting ciders and infusions and stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot. So you and and I, I, I guess I shouldn't even have this question in my mind because you are you're gluten free, not gluten removed. So Correct. You're mm-hmm. It's one hundred percent gluten free. Uh, the whole facility is a dedicated gluten free facility. So even if like if one of our employees wants to eat a sandwich, you can't come in the building. Like the production, oh, okay. not the tasting room. Yeah, the yeah. production building is a completely gluten free building. Um. So there's zero risk of cross-contamination, um, and it's not gluten-removed or gluten-reduced. It's There's gluten-free. There's no barley in anything that we make. Um, we find all mm-hmm. different kinds of substitute grains to use that are gluten-free grains. Um, yeah. 
All right, let's try something because I'm really curious to see. Yeah, sure. How? Because I and I, I wonder too. Uh, how? Um, how hard is the education portion of that? Because for the longest time, any beer, anything gluten free was horrible. Right. So luckily, so, it's changed recently and made it much easier. Um, so there are enough good ones that it's not well, as so, much of a uphill battle. So like when you have to malt your grain to make beer, yeah. um, you're sprouting it, you're converting um, the, the proteins into sugars that are inside the grain. Um, and so barley is your base malt for all your beers uh, or most of your beers. And that has gluten in it. Um, and for the longest time, there was no good substitution for gluten free. So I had to make like a sorghum beer or a buckwheat or something like super mm-hmm. stringent or like a weird flavor to it. Uh, but recently, um, millet's becoming more popular. So millet is a gluten free grain as well. There are two dedicated gluten free malt houses that will... Uh, malt millet and they'll malt it in the same way as they malt barley and they can make it different ways. You can get a Pilsner millet, you can get a, a caramel, which has some sweetness to it. You can get a pale millet, which is like a great base malt. So you can use millet as your main malt now. Um, it just enables you to make um, these great gluten-free beers. It doesn't have all the characteristics though that barley has. So you have to substitute. And that's what Ryan's really good at figuring out like how much corn to add, to add like the mouthfeel, how much like quinoa to add, to add head retention, how much this to add. So he kind of has this combination of all these different gluten-free grains um, that he uses, puts together to recreate what um, barley can do all by itself. But we can at least get the ingredients now. It's now a thing that we can say, hey, I want to make a Pilsner-style beer. Well, we have a malt, a Pilsner malt that is a millet malt that will make that beer for you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Technology's great. Yeah. It is. Well, it's fantastic. A, I mean, yesterday I, I interviewed a non-alcoholic brewery. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's the same thing. Like non-alcoholic beers are so much better now Insane. than they were like five years ago. Yeah. Then this is way better than any of the gluten-free beers I've mm-hmm. ever tried. Like yeah. gluten-removed ones, it, like it, it's not even noticeable. Yeah, that it's you can different. make a normal beer. You add an enzyme. Yeah, it, yeah. But so this is our amber right here. Um, mm-hmm. It is our. Um, Highland Amber. There we go. Thank you. Sorry. Highland Amber. <laughs> we have a lot of names floating around yeah. all the time. It's our Highland Amber, right? So all of our beers are named after different kinds of cows. Um, okay. Silly. I try to keep a bovine theme uh, to the situation there. So it's our Highland Amber here. Do you have any yeah. cows on the farm? Uh, not yet. Because I have a lot of really young trees. I mean, they everything kills the trees, the groundhogs, uh, okay. the deer, whatever. I feel like cows are going to completely decimate me. So <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit bigger. Once my trees grow a little bit more, then we'll get some cows. Yeah. At least a, at least a mascot or something. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, one of the Highland ones. Those things are so cool with the yeah. long curly like hair. A, I've seen some miniature Highland ones. It'd be perfect. They're nice go. and small. They're really cute. Perfect for they can't reach the trees. They can't reach my trees. <laughs> yeah. I'm really concerned about the trees. What kind of trees? Um, so I think the mix. So we, I started growing cider-specific varieties, um, but ran into issues. Um, I'm not originally a farmer. I'm from right outside the Bronx. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of this is new to me. And so I didn't uh, grow those trees very well. And a lot of them, <laughs> I have a lot of sticks standing straight up in my yard right now um, that are not growing anymore. But uh, I switched over to more native trees. Um, so we have a lot of crab apple trees. One of the ciders I make has crab apples in it too to give some tartness. Um, mulberry trees, we make like specialty ciders throughout the year. We have like a mulberry cider. Um, we have a, a cherry cider, a pawpaw cider, all these different things. So I try to find more 
native trees that grow naturally. They don't need tons of, you know, Marylanders love to make pawpaw stuff. It's, I didn't know what it was till I came here. It's nuts. People are like, you know, that fruit's so nice. And they named it twice. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> the Indiana banana. What? <laughs> like, it's a pawpaw. I'm like, it looks stupid. Okay, I'll try it. Um, yeah. Well, no, they're great. Um, Other than like, as soon as you pick them, if you look at them sideways, they've already gone oh, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. You, you have like six hours. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we make pawpaw cider too, which is really difficult to make um, just because the way pawpaws are, but, um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of different native trees that we grow now. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week. Our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, on spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Uh, so are you... Can you even make like a hazy, a gluten-free hazy beer, or do you have to stick to more? Oh, the, you brought one. The IPA. Okay, is, it's semi-hazy. It yeah. wasn't actually. If we could, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a matter of yeast and and stuff like that. There's a process yeah. difference for but for it's hazy a big part yeast of it's and hops. water water profiles mm-hmm. and um, but our our IPA has some of those characteristics in it that keep it a little bit hazy. It's not, it, it's very, it's a, it's a lot to do with when you add hops. So okay. if you add hops real late, you're going to get that haziness, especially if you, uh, if you dry hop or anything like that. That's I, I think this, I mean, it's been a long time since I've had a red, uh, amber ale. I feel like this is maybe like a little bit different than just a regular amber, but not like bad. Like it, it, it it's, yeah, I'm not, and then it actually could taste like exactly what an amber ale is supposed to taste. So I just don't think I've had one in forever. There's a hint there, um, but it's like it's so close. A lot of people that come to the tasting room won't even know they're gluten free off the bat. We don't advertise at our tasting room they're gluten free. Um, on our website, we do uh, social media, we do, but a lot of people that come in, we don't say it when they come in. So if they don't know it and they try it, a lot of them get like like thrown back, like oh, the, yeah. But, well, which one's not gluten free? Like mm-hmm. they all are. No, no. And actually, I mean, maybe I wouldn't be able to tell. It's hard to. Again. That's kind of the line we're trying to skirt. Yeah, I wish we wouldn't have started with. Although I, I did know from reading that mm-hmm. you were going free. Like I wish I wouldn't have known that, because that you know that subconscious yeah. part of you like makes you look for every little. Which is exactly difference. what I don't say in the tasting room. It's the yeah, same yeah. thing. A lot of it is like your perception before you try it, and a lot of it is in the names too. Um, found the ciders like you name ciders certain names, people find that in the cider yeah um we don't make any sweet ciders at all everything's dry we have a couple that are semi-sweets but it's like 
such a small hint. It's not actually sweet. It's more up a flavor. You're like, oh, yeah, I taste the sweetness. That's great. It's called a semi-sweet. I'm like, bingo, you got it. <laughs> Nailed that It's one, really dude. good, though. I, I like it. So there, there, there were two things that will often happen with brand new breweries. And then like being completely gluten-free kind of made me worry it would be that way, too. But a lot of like smaller new breweries, their beer tastes like was like dirty homebrew mm -hmm. a little bit. Yes, this doesn't have that that, that was characteristic the most at all. So Ryan, congratulations! Thank this you very good. much. <laughs> I've spent, uh, but a like, lot do you know what I mean? Like that taste where it just the twang. Like, yeah, the there's taste. that homebrew yeah. twang, yeah. and that's the last ten years of my life have been dedicated to making my beer not taste like homebrew. <laughs> have you ever brewed professionally, or no. did mm -mm. this is a first for me? Well, yeah. And that was like the first thing I said it's, to him when I tried his first beer was like, doesn't taste like homebrew. Because like I've tried a lot of different beers. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm trying to try my beer. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, it tastes great. Good job. No, it's not good. Um, but when I tried his, I was like, this is not homebrew. Like this tastes yeah. like a, a real like commercial beer. Like it was, I was really impressed. He did this on a homebrew setup. And so, I mean, he has, a, has an amazing setup he built himself, but still he did this himself out of his own home. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just one beer. He had like, he has, he built a, a bar in his garage during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, every beer he had on tap, he had five or six beers. Every one was like true to style. I'm like, <laughs> how do you, I'm like, you made these yourself. I'm like, okay, like we could do this. This could, this could be a thing. Yeah. How did you two meet? Um, um, we coached together. Oh, that's, you our said kids, that yeah, already. Our kids play Idiot. sports with each other. Okay. <laughs> Closer attention. <laughs> Lacrosse. Yeah, that's yeah. the sport. That's the one. Yeah. So he For was like a rec league rec, or, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. So he was, uh, he brought his his cider to the end of the year party for our first season. And I wasn't coaching and I, you weren't coaching it either. No, either. What's the age group? Uh, our kids are they're nine now, eight, nine, 10. Is, is it, do you like have, is it a travel team and all, or is no, it like, it's all around domestic. Okay. I've always want so my, my daughter plays on a rec field hockey team. Mm -hmm. She's, she's only seven. So the only way to do it, is, but, but it's kind of a travel team. And I always wonder why, the adults that are in charge of that stuff are so hateful to parents. They make everything <laughs> miserable from the times that things take place to like everything that should be controllable is made to make a parent's life miserable. So I was going to start yelling at you if it was a, but we, we got lucky. We have, <laughs> we have a new commissioner took over um, this past year that makes things a lot better. Um, okay. So yeah, our, our, our league is really good. But when we met our kids were, uh, they were in first grade mm -hmm. and, the previous person in the program did the best they could, but the program was really small and there was no first or second grade team. And so with these two little first graders that were tiny, they had to play the third and fourth graders. And so everyone's like a full helmet size above them. And so mm -hmm. we bonded right away because we're the only two people, these tiny little kids on the field that like could barely tie their own shoes. And the other kids are like running <laughs> circles around them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we bonded right off the bat from that. And then um, it just, yeah, it was, everything was good from there. But I had no idea he was making cider and he bought it to, he brought it to that party at the end. And my wife was obsessed. She was like, oh, my gosh, he brought this cider. Ryan, you should talk to him. And I was like, eh, I don't like talking to people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know anyone on, yeah. on my but, daughter's team but we got I to don't want to meet yeah. any of the parents. I stand off to the side with my earbuds and, and don't talk to a person. <laughs> and your headphones would be more comfortable if you turn them around. They're on oh, backwards. Are they backwards? Yeah. <laughs> I just noticed that. That a is lot better. better don't that they? is better. Yeah, it's crazy. The tiniest, tiniest little tilt that they have, mm -hmm. the, the left, right, really do. No, that's a, that's a lot better. <laughs> I was wondering why I was squished. Yeah. Um, 
So what does the what does your equipment look like? What what's your brew house size? What fermenters do you have? So it's time we we built our own brew house from scratch right now. Mm-hmm. We're kind of like we try to make everything fit into my current production building for cider. Uh, we're in the process of getting everything put together to build a much larger production building. Um, but the brew house we made it. Um, my neighbor and I welded it together ourselves. Um, it's uh, like a one barrel system, um, and then our fermenters are all three and a half barrel fermenters, um, and then we share bright tanks with the cidery. So the smallest bright tank I have is five barrels. So everything is uh, carbonated in our five barrel bright, and then it's straight to kegs for the brewery, uh, straight to the tasting room. Um, everything's available there on tap and nowhere else right now. Where, where where is it located? Like what the exact address? Not um, so our tasting room is seven one one five Damascus Road, uh, Gaithersburg. Maryland 20882, uh, and the production building is right next door. So my personal property, I live right next door to it. Um, I built the production building um, from from scratch, and um, that's where we make everything right now. So you're doing – are you still doing the cider, and then you do the beer? Or yes, yeah, so we do, we do, the, we do doing, the beer together. He, yeah. he, he, control, he makes the recipes. He decides what we do. I kind of just assist him in what needs to happen. Um, and then, yes, I still do the cider. Um, everything happens at one – small building I made right now, but we're going to hopefully in the next year or two have a much larger production building and have um, a better um, like to-go process to uh, packaging and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a smart way to do it, though. Start out really small. Yeah. Start building up capital instead of yeah. just... And if I didn't have the overhead already, uh, if I didn't have the cidery, I wouldn't have been able to. Like, um, like we can pretty much start on a shoestring budget. Like, we just had to mm-hmm. buy... Like, we literally built our equipment, had to buy it. Every All of our fermenters are used. Like, I went up to... I went like up to Vermont to get one of the fermenters. Like, yeah. so we were able to start. The tasting room is already built out. Everything is already done. It's just, hey, let's make the beer. Our only cost is ingredients. Cool, sell that. Like, mm-hmm. Put away our money for that, so we can build this giant production building and really like hit it strong. Because we yeah. have had great reception so far. Um, everyone's been asking when can we get it. Um, there's not been a single negative thing I've I've heard at least yet. No. Great beer starts with great ingredients at Havoc Brewing Supply. They offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. Well, I think um, you're you're probably going into a good time where you'll be able to pick up as much used equipment as you want because like it's like twofold. A lot of breweries are upgrading from like what would probably be your upgraded next side. Like, would I would assume you want to look at like seven to maybe ten barrel yeah. fermenters? <clears throat> a lot of places are upgrading for the to that level but then also unfortunately there's a lot of places closing now so i feel like over the next year or two there'll be plenty be a, of be a great deals change yeah because it was real bad for a while where there was no equipment available yeah. um like with the all the shipping issues what was it two years ago yeah um nothing from china was coming in 
uh, the U.S. stuff shot up in price. And even used stuff um, I bought with this one fermenter. And the guy selling it was like, hey, this is the price. Um, cash only. I'm not holding it. First person here gets it. It was in Indianapolis. I was like, I'm getting my trailer right now. I'm six hours away. You sell it, call me up. I, I, within half an hour, stop at the bank, grab the money, got my trailer, and was on my in Indianapolis. And I got there in time. I managed to get that from Enter. But it was like, it was insane to where things were selling within like hours. That's crazy. Um, and the prices, like a used fermenter that was 10 years old, is the price of what was a new fermenter a year before that. Um, so yeah, well, right now we just noticed like there is more stuff coming on the market, which is great for us because we're like, hey, we need some more yeah. of this, need more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was rough for a little bit. Yeah, what what is the size of your tasting room? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got, we've got so we've got six taps sure. of cider, and then there's four taps right now on for beer. Yeah, we have six taps available for beer. We only have four beers available beer right available. now. Um, and then we have seating for I want to say like uh, sixty in there or so. Yeah, um, decent size then. Yeah, it actually it used to be a house. Um, okay. So it was the property next to where I live. It was an old house. wasn't lived in for I don't know uh, six seven years. And uh, when I got it, it it wasn't really worth uh, saving. But um, uh, Montgomery County they have a lot of a lot of rules there. Um, a whole lot. Um, and they're working on they're they're becoming much better. Um, they have a bad rap to them, but they're really trying to help out small businesses yeah. now. And they've really worked with me, which has been great. But one of the rules was we can have a tasting room um, with a lot less permitting required and making much easier for us, but it has to be a pre-existing agriculture building. Yeah, so, that's one of the things I learned recently. Like the if you're especially if you if you're part of the ag preserve, yeah, like we are. The your ability to build new buildings is really restricted. Kind of, you can build agriculture buildings yeah, all you want, like but it can't be for the brewery, to, right? Um, but if it's already an agricultural building and you then use it for the brewery, that's yeah. okay. So I had a house, um, but it wasn't worth saving and it was a it had like good bones to it more or less, but the rest yeah. of it. So I, I gutted the whole thing. I took out the whole first floor. So you walk in through the basement, you look all the way up to the to the to the, to the roof. You see the roof line and you walk in. Um and um once I gutted the whole thing, I um I called the county, I'm like, hey, I want to make the agricultural building. Like, well, what are you gonna use it for? And I was like, uh Farm equipment storage. So I, I put a shovel and a rake in there. I took a picture of my shovel and my rake. And they're like, well, it used to be a house. I'm like, yeah, is there a bathroom? No, it's gone. Is there a kitchen? No, it's gone. There's nothing left. It's literally it's this empty shell of a house. And I'm keeping my equipment. I have a shovel and a rake. And they're like, okay, yeah. it's an agriculture building. Awesome. Thank you. And the next day I called them back. I'm like, hey, I have this agriculture building on my property. I'm going to make it a tasting room. And they're like, <laughs> we see what you did. I'm like, yeah, yeah yes, you did. Um, and well, then that, it, I mean, that's, I think, in my mind, one of the most, and it's got to be even more for the people it actually directly affects is so infuriating is that all of these roadblocks and hurdles that are put in place, they literally just cause you to just find extra steps to go around them. Mm -hmm. They never prevent anything from happening. Yeah. It just makes it more of a pain. It it does, but it, it helped us in a lot of ways too. Like by doing that, we don't need a lot of the other required permits of a new building and stuff. Um, It's a safe building. Like we, we passed every single thing we needed and we went far and beyond to meet most of the needs we're not required to meet. Um, just because it's like, hey, like let's just make this as good as possible. Yeah, um, I mean, it's I guess it's also nice that it's. Uh, I mean, I assume it's fairly old, so it's like good. There's well, nothing's like I, I redid the whole place. The only thing you can well, but I mean, like the sh- the outward, like the structure yeah. itself. So it, 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 like it, it preserves the. It does. It looks the, like a barn now. Like it, it, before, it was like a falling down house. It looked really bad. Before. <laughs> um, so I, I cleaned the whole. So thing So actually, up that it, adds even a more infuriating thing is that like you had to do the oh, little yeah. shenanigans to oh. make it work, but yeah. but you were replacing a dilapidated building. It's, it's a house wearing a costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
I but we know, we actually local government yeah. just infuriating. <laughs> they are, but it, honestly, I really think Montgomery County is trying now. Um, I know every brewery I've talked to is like, oh, they did this and they like, and there's so much extra steps and hardships they put them through. But um, they're trying their best. It's just a lot of people trying and don't understand fully. So like, hey, this is a great idea. It's like, no, it's not. Why'd you do that? But thank you for. <laughs> I understand what you're going for. You yeah. really tried hard, but that wasn't. But they're really trying um, and working with us a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm. I'm really happy to be there. Um, I know a lot of the older businesses are like, oh, I can't believe we opened here. And, but yeah, I think there's, they're trying to turn that page. Um, what, what's your background? What were you doing before? I was, uh, I was a stay at home dad. Um, okay. and I was just, yeah, I was just, uh, with my son, I wanted to get a, uh, a, a small property kind of live off the land more or less. So like, this would be great. I'll grow everything. This sounds wonderful. It's so hard. It was the stupidest thing ever. I couldn't grow a single thing. Like all my chickens died. It was terrible. Um, but, uh, um, so without any experience, you decided you're going to be a farmer. Well, I watched YouTube. Yeah. Oh, so well, then, then why are you that. struggling? That yeah, I, I, got a tractor, I got the wrong tractor though. But I got a tractor too. It was so great. Um, I thought, I thought I was doing a great job. <laughs> it was the wrong color. And my neighbors would talk to me like, you have to get a green tractor. I mean, mine's blue. We're not going to talk to you. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Swear. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm good then. Um, <laughs> so I got the wrong color tractor. Everyone got mad at me then. Um, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I ended up going from, um, is that say, serious? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, dead serious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, don't get the wrong color. Yeah, don't do that. So it's like you you should have bought a John Deere. No, I did then. I have, a green, I have a green one now. Yeah, I changed because okay. no one liked me. So yeah, I have a green one now. Yeah. That's I, hilarious. Yeah, so I have a lot of friends. It's great. Um, My grandfather always had international tractors. Yeah, so I'm, sure I, wa- I'm sure I burned around him did too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My grandpa, Well, he also had... My grandfather loved auctions <laughs> and do. flea markets. Wait, I get so much trouble. Yeah. he would buy so many tractors <laughs> and he would sell a lot of them too but like he would go to something and just think it was cool that's like half I our mean, tasting room is from auctions i love like after a couple of ciders or beers at night i'm all over auctions like i'll get everything maybe you should stay away from a computer <laughs> no i'm, I'm great because no like when they're out, no one's been on anything like because most of these older auctions we're older guys they go like they're hangout yeah. spot right and so i go to these auctions be like a, a dollar for everything so i'm like i'll just take it all um, that's how we outfitted the whole tasting room was auctions. Um, mm-hmm. we have uh, some pews in our tasting room, came to this historic church, downtown Alexandria, Virginia. Um, it was late night auction and I was like, I will not remember <laughs> to check it the next morning and see if I won. So I'm going to put a dollar on every pew. So at least one, one, like, I got to get at least one pew. Right. So I, I put a dollar on 67 different pews. Um, the deal was though, you had to remove them the next day. Otherwise it was a $35 fee per pew for them to remove them for you. So I'm like, I'll go the next day and get the pew. Next morning, I wake up and I run, I'm like, "Oh shit, the auction! Yeah, it's gonna be great!" So I checked the auction site, and it was five minutes left, and I was winning sixty-seven pews at a dollar a piece, <laughs> and I was freaked out. I'm like, "I can't, I can't take. They're, they're twenty feet long a piece. I can't. <laughs> what am I gonna do?" Um, I only won three. Luckily, someone realized it was a dollar fifty on the rest, so I only got the three. But we have two of them are in the tasting room now. Yeah. yeah. So we have two beautiful giant twenty-foot pews in our tasting room. Um, yeah, most of the tasting room came from auctions. Yeah, late night auctions. I bet, especially if it's an old church. I bet there's, although they're stained, so I guess they wouldn't, would make really good firewood. Oh, there's so much so chemicals and stuff on that. Yeah, People would sit on those, like farting for like 50 years, 100 years. Yeah, no one it wasn't, wants that. But because I mean, it would assume it's probably made from like old growth hardwood. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So it would be oh, just nice. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but except for all the stuff that's it's in them, been yeah. leached into them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you want to try another one? Yeah. You want to try that? Uh, the IPA now. Yeah. So this yeah. is our, yeah. I'll let you point, I'm bad at this, our Hoppy Heifer. Um, Ryan can talk more to you about the the hops and everything that he uses in it, but um, probably our most popular in our tasting room, I think. 
Um, yeah, right now, I think so. But it would definitely track. Like beer drinkers do love hops. They do love IPAs. I go in every. That was so a requirement. Often, yeah. And uh, I go in every so often, and I talk to people that come in. We get a lot of uh, a lot of craft beer people who want to want to chit chat about beer, and yeah. I'll, I'll hang out and chit chat with them. And this is this is That's one good. of them that they they ask about a lot. And I get I get the request for more hops, yeah, a lot. But I feel like if we're doing an American IPA, I like I like beer flavored. It's right on style for it's right a on classic style. American IPA, and like that's what I was going for. So if we want to do a West Coast IPA yeah. or we want to do a hazy or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add more hops. But for what I was going for, this is what I was going for. I mean, I would say this is like a it's like a less bitter snake dog, and like a, just a yeah, a well made traditional IPA. Yeah. So most of the and without that dirt taste, no, no home <laughs> taste. Um, I'm so glad when that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also so happy whenever I'm trying someone's stuff for the first time and I don't have to hide. Oh, yeah. It, like, <laughs> this is crap. <laughs> well, the, the, and I, I said this to the, the, um, the non-alc, the NA brewery that I was interviewing yesterday because I didn't try any of their stuff they had, they had sent me until we were recording. Mm. And I keep doing that. And thankfully, I haven't been bit yet. Because I'm not good at faking whether not my face reaction mm-hmm. will let you know immediately whether I truly like it or not. Yeah, I can't hide <laughs> my face either. It's it's embarrassing sometimes. So it, uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad it's good. Awesome. <laughs> or Thank it made it would have made this whole thing awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and being gluten free, I didn't want to go for anything nuts because yeah. I feel like if you make something crazy. And people don't like it. They're going to blame, blame the, yeah. the fact that it's gluten free. That does free. add. That doesn't add an extra layer of like purposefulness. You have to. So yeah, like our three main are the the half calf, which is uh, blonde. We've got the IPA and the amber. They're the three that are always going to be on tap. Yeah. And beer. They're beer flavored beer. They're they're two style as much like beer for those people who can't get that anymore because they're gluten free. You want to make something that reminds them of the commercial beer that they would be getting. I mean, the number of people that come in and say, we haven't oh, had yeah. beer in 10 years and 15 years and like mm-hmm. are so excited to have beer for the first time is is insane. It's like, it's really nice to see them. Some people are like, I mean, like not to say like they're into years, but like they're like almost like not because we're not because they're excited because we're so good. It's just like, we haven't had this in so long. We yeah. missed this so much. Like you brought this like part of my life. I thought I lost back to me. Well, especially because I was saying before, there was a couple... There were those couple um, gluten-free breweries. I haven't had one in forever, but they were all bad. Like they were yeah. just not good. And like I five think years it was like ago, sorghum-based, yeah. right? Is that yeah, that's the, what yeah. most of them were? That all. was really common about five years ago. Everything was sorghum-based, and it was just it wasn't beer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was something else. So do you do you get a lot of? People coming into the tap room specifically coming there because I've seen that mm-hmm. you're gluten free and yeah, gluten free people travel. That's what I've realized from talking to people. In I would assume room. that that's probably a like. I'm guessing there are plenty of like discords and Facebook mm-hmm. groups yeah. and stuff for gluten free yeah, with limited options. Like and when they find something good, sharing. Yeah, like, yeah, we're members of a couple of Facebook groups where we kind of like keep the radar up to see if yeah. anybody's looking for us. And 
And yeah, no, people come in and they'll come in and they'll be like, so I heard you had gluten-free beer. Which one of the beers is gluten-free? And it's like, oh, all of them. Yeah, Whichever one, one you want, pick one. <laughs> and they that that's when you see people light up and like, oh, they're very excited because they weren't expecting that. They were expecting to come in and like, one. oh, this brewery's trying to do a gluten-free beer yeah. and I'm going to try this one. But a lot of them, it's like, no, 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 this is all of it. And it will always be all of it. It's not going to change. So um, for the gluten-free production space, is that like a certification you have to get? Or is that just like so where you're able to say like we We have can say no we're gluten-free. We're not certified gluten-free. We don't okay. test everything that yeah. we do. Um, mm -hmm. But because we know the whole building is um, a, like a completely gluten-free facility, there is um, zero risk of there being gluten. We did test our first beers that we made. We did test them, and they were all 100% gluten-free. There wasn't. Yeah. Um, I think to be certified gluten-free has to be under five parts per million gluten, and we had zero parts per million gluten. Um, so we were 100% gluten-free on the first ones we made, and we never kept on testing. Um, we don't pay for the little circle with the GF in it. We don't, we don't have that, but um, it is a certified facility. All of our um, vendors that we get our malts from, they're all certified gluten-free facilities mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, you can be confident when you know – there's no gluten even entering the building, let alone yeah. into. And a, a really close friend of mine uh, who lives across the street, she is uh, celiac. She's very, very sensitive to gluten. She has everything that we have, and like, it'd be pretty, she had a reaction, it'd be pretty obvious, like right away. She'd yeah. be like, all right, this isn't good. And she'd let us know. <laughs> yeah, and she would definitely let us know, but um, everything's been great. Yeah. What made you go into that niche? I didn't realize how popular it was at first. So when I started doing cider, I had no idea. Like I knew it was gluten-free, I guess, like in the back of my head. Yeah. But it wasn't a thing I thought I should lean into. Um, and then this, it just I started building up a larger and larger gluten-free base. People that were so excited it was gluten-free. Um, I started it with the farmer's markets only. And so yeah. the farmer's markets, I saw it a little bit. Um, but once it opened my tasting room, the amount of people that came to me, and I had food trucks come. They say, hey, can you get a gluten-free food truck? Can you get gluten-free food here? And I realized, like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try. Do what I can do. Um this huge population of people that were like upset like hey you know i get to go to bruise my friends but like sometimes they have like okay seltzers but like there's never like i want a place to go and yeah. um and i realized how big the uh, the demand for it was and like i started meeting friends i had friends that were gluten-free and friends that couldn't have gluten i'm like you guys really can they go yeah no i didn't i didn't realize and so mm -hmm. at that point i realized like this is a niche that hasn't been filled yet because yeah within five minutes of our tasting room, there are three other breweries. They all make amazing beer. And it's like, if I open another brewery, like I'd be, you know, fourth among, we'd be four breweries in five minutes of each other, all make great beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted them to set me apart. And also I didn't want to really compete because a lot of those people became my friends over time. Like um, the alcohol industry is all super supportive of each other. I found like all the other owners, all the other breweries, everyone helps each other. And it's like, there's, there's no competition. It's like, hey, there's, let's bring more people in. Let's make it more popular. And um. It's it's been it's been nice in that way, but I don't want to compete with them because they're all my friends. Like I don't want to make beer and 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 take away from you too. So what can I do that I can make beer but not be your direct competition? Yeah. Um. And gluten free was uh, the way to go. So it was never like a, a personal like you're not super gluten free yourself. I'm I'm not gluten free at yeah. all. Um. I mean I. Let's That's interesting. So it's more just seeing seeing a hole in the marketplace and yeah. filling mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and then it, and they also have these close friends that are gluten-free, yeah. like, oh, man, I can I can help you a little bit more. Let's do this, yeah. That's cool. All right, how, what is the best way for people to keep up to date with what's going on with Celiac? Uh, Instagram, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, or Instagram. God, if you just say it out loud, it, I mean, it 
makes complete sense. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's we put everything up on Instagram. Everything we're doing, okay. all of our new stuff, all of our specials, all of our. I mean, we we're constantly trying to do new things, like our tasting room. What for Easter? Have an Easter egg hunt for kids on Saturday, and like we're always doing little things to attract more people in. We always have um, talking about new things coming out. Like right now, because of the size of our production abilities, we don't have tons of new stuff coming out. We do have one other beer. We have our um, dark buffalo is our. Uh, porter that we have um, we made that for st patrick's day for march we won't make that again for a while because we're trying to really focus on having all three of our staple beers on tap all the time um but like we'll let you know what we're doing all the events we're doing the festivals like we'll be in frederick for the, the um, maryland craft beer festival maryland craft beer festival such a good time all, it is yeah so yeah we try to keep everyone up to date where we are and what we're doing awesome you guys want to answer some stupid questions well, i guess intentionally stupid questions i, I would love that who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? I think we need your son here for this. He would absolutely 100% go off for an hour on this. Why? Is that, is that like oh, he's just annoying to him? Because he he's just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he has, he has strong opinions okay. and he can't be wrong. So sounds I'm, like a nine-year-old oh yeah he's, <laughs> he just turned 10 and it's not getting better it'll get worse um, i have a 13 year old and she progressively gets worse mm-hmm. every year <laughs> <laughs> he uh he'd probably say pirate he would be correct then okay uh, there it is. <laughs> well i, I should have guessed from the uh yeah well i mean it's not there's really absolutely no reason for why I've chosen to die on the pirate hill. I just <laughs> decided that was who is when, and I'm just wearing my pirate's hat because it's opening day. Okay. There it is. <laughs> um, does pineapple belong on pizza? I don't care. You do you. Like, if you want it, yeah, why not? I'm not a fan of it, but I don't understand people are so mad about it. Like, I'm not making you eat it. Like, I would probably say it doesn't belong, but I will say I do enjoy it. I like pineapple on my pizza, but. Yeah. It is fruit. It doesn't belong there. Okay. It's a, it, I started, so I started, um, I've been dating and I was on these apps for a while. And like the amount of profiles, that is part of the profile is really? insane. It's, it's, I'm like, if that's that important to you, your life sucks. I'm sorry. But like, there are so many more important things. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to swipe you next. Thank you. It's only important to me in that it requires an extra pizza to be purchased because my kids insist on Hawaiian pizza. And I think it's disgusting. Well, see, I'm, I'm down with the white pizza. Yeah, Salty man. and sweet right there. Name a famous person you would love to meet. Oh, shit. I don't even know. <laughs> do, do you like, know any famous people? Who People who are famous? Anyone? No, not really. Okay. All right. That's a bad question then. I, I, bad job, Chris. Who would you want to meet? I've already met all the people I wanted to be. I don't know. Yeah, I like the people around me typically. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't go in for the celebrity culture most of the time. Is yeah. Nickelback a good band? No. Don't do it. I've been to a Nickelback concert. <laughs> I had a good time. There was a time when they were uh, not as as universally hated as they are now, but that's okay. I wonder how long into them being huge did they become the butt of everyone's joke. I want to look that up i i have trouble hating on them when uh when they're still selling out concerts well, i don't not i don't not just listen concerts, to them like huge con- yeah, I don't, yeah. I, mean, I don't i i don't personally hate them i that was really just added in there because we always make fan of 
Dan Baumiller from Full Tilt because he he only he hates people that hate on them. Like he oh, doesn't no. like Nickelback, but he doesn't like them. They See that hate. that's kind of where I so am. So I, I added that question in uh, for him. <laughs> Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Yeah. That was fast. If you were a new member of the Spice Girls, what would your name be? I think we should name each other. Mm. Yeah, do that. Yeah. And lean in lean in a little more. Sorry. You can lift it up if you need to. Um, I should have said that like a while ago. You might have to lose. There you go. You, you would be Brew clumsy, forward. Spice. That is true. I am a bit of a bull in the China shop. <laughs> Knocks everything <laughs> over in the brew house. Like we have, to, we have to put things away before he comes because he'll break. It's bad. <laughs> he'd, be, uh, he'd be denim, Spice. Wouldn't it be like a yak in a China shop? Hundred percent. That's go. him. That's <laughs> bull yak. Yeah. I I'm disappointed that like one of you wasn't like gluten gluten spice or. Oh no. <laughs> well, we on the drive over here, he he told me like a 20 minute story about his selvage genes. So he's he's <laughs> denim spice. Thank you. <laughs> really into denim. A, a little bit, yeah. If you were win the if you were to win the Powerball, what's the first thing you would purchase? More denim. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, yeah, a brewery, brew, brew house. We <laughs> a have a huge, brewery. a huge production building. Yeah, a brew house. We already have a brewery. It's a bigger building. Yeah, yeah. If you were a wrestler, what would your walkout music be? My kids really like um, Spider Man, so there's this song on the Spider Man Into the Spider Verse soundtrack that they listen to constantly called "Start a Riot." And they're really into it. I'd probably do that. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. Yeah, oh, My yeah, kids loved it movie. also. Um, they like the Post Malone song, though. What's the name yeah. of the Sun, uh, Sunflower? Yeah. yeah. I, I listen to this soundtrack over and over again every day. Not by choice. <laughs> Is a hot dog a sandwich? I think a hot dog's its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a complicated one. There's a lot into that. You may be putting more, more thought into well, it from than New it York. deserves. He's from New York. So. It's like a meal. You got the carts on the side of the street with the dirty water dogs. And like, you got to get them. I don't know. I got one and I thought it was going to be like something amazing. It was completely let down. But from New York? Yeah. The, the, when I went to New York for the first time. You were let I, down by it. Yeah. We expected too much. It's a dirty water dog. What do you expect? It's not. <laughs> no, but I always talk about, like, people always talk about street meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's not supposed so, to be great. It's just there. Uh, the street ones aren't as good as the shop ones. Those are for tourists. What are you doing? Don't go there. Well, <laughs> they make them for tourists because they taste better. Who would play you in a movie about your life? I think we shoot each other again on this one. Oh, God. <laughs> you love that game. I do. <laughs> I don't like the pressure. Um, go ahead. I wish I knew her actor's names. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> if you don't know the actor's name, you could just say a movie. And if you don't, um, know, the the, the um, uh, um, Aquaman, Jason, whatever, Mimosa, Samoa, Jason Momoa. Yeah, that he's guy. Gonna, he's gonna play me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, anything a, like that guy? That's a that's, that's a, a stretch. stretch. Yeah, that's a real stretch. I think, but I I feel like he could play you well. He'd do a good job at it. <laughs> well, he, I he I'll take knock, the, I'll he take could the knock everything over. It'd I'll be seen all rats. <laughs> yeah, I would. Oh, fit. Silent Bob. No. I, no. Oh, the big guy that tries to, to see the, yeah, the that's, thing. That's I could see I that. I could with. see that. Yeah. Uh, Although he's like a huge uh, bodybuilder oh, yeah. now. Super yeah. buff now. Super <laughs> buff. That guy got cut. Yeah. He's like, I had to trick myself or trick my body into thinking it was eating itself. And he's like 
giant jack now. Kevin Smith is tiny now too. Yeah, he went vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I uh, like. I don't know James Franco, the guy from Pilot yeah, yeah, Express. Yeah. I didn't say Rick Moranis. That is solid. That <laughs> is wait, solid. Who's Rick Moranis? Who's that? Rick, Rick Moranis is Honey, the guy I from Honey, the I Shrunk the Kids. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> You should have taken James James Franco. I was all about James Franco. That was perfect. <laughs> Just in the Pineapple Express movie, though. Okay. Because he's always wearing the. Uh, he's got the flannel. Flannels. Yeah, hey, I, I wear flannels every day. That's my uniform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wore one today too. I'm proud of you. I did. I had to dress up for the. You look good. <laughs> Normally, it's sweats. Uh, what would the title of your biography be? Let me guess. You want to do it for each other. <laughs> No, actually, I, I, my um, my bartenders are sort of writing my biography. Um, it's called an Apple a Day, uh, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a different story every day. See, that's a good one. I, I have no idea. I, um, didn't, I didn't make it up. One of the bartenders did. Well, lucky you. <laughs> I got no answer. I don't know. That's a good name. Got no answer. That that is a good name. <laughs> All right, one more. If you drop food on the floor, what's the maximum amount of time that it's still acceptable to eat it? Is it soft food or hard food? There's no quantifiable. Like I've found peanuts in the couch before, and like <laughs> they're good. <laughs> I was gonna say it matters if there's people around. That, that was like recently. That's what someone said. Like it depends yeah. on if other people are around. Uh-huh. If you're and alone, what it is. If like, you're alone, it's indefinite. Yeah. If there's people around, five seconds. Yeah. Like if I found macaroni and cheese in the couch, I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but peanuts but if it's, if it's are, an M M&M, like it has a shell, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's probably all right. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, coming in and entertaining me today. <laughs> of course. Thank you for having us. Um, and this uh, is is I encourage people to go try because don't be afraid of what you know about gluten-free beer because this is not bad gluten-free beer. It's just good beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank so you. you can use that as your tagline if you want. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.